the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, June the 3rd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 3rd, 1989, Chinese army troops began the sweep of Beijing to crush student-led pro-democracy demonstrations. Now China has begun their sweep of America to crush our free speech. I'm going to be talking more about that in just a moment. Today in 1861, Illinois Senator Stephen Douglas, he was a Democratic presidential nominee, the 1860 election. You'll remember that uh, his opponent was Abraham Lincoln. He died in Chicago of typhoid fever. He was 48 years old today in 1861. Today in 1937, Edward, the Duke of Windsor, he abdicated the British throne. He just had to marry Wallace Simpson. He said, I can't live without her. He lived her. He married her in a uh, private ceremony in France. Kind of shook the world for a while back then, I'm told. No, I was not around in those days. Today, in 1943, Los Angeles saw the beginning of the Zoot Suit Riots. Z-O-O-T, Suit Riots. Yeah, U.S. servicemen clashed with young Latinos wearing distinctive-looking zoot suits. The violence finally ended when military officials declared the city, Los Angeles, off-limits off to enlisted personnel. I remember those zoot suits, kind of. Um, growing up in Yakima, the Yakima Valley, I remember in the late 50s and early 60s, there were guys still wearing some of the parts of those suits, at least the pants. And I had forgotten about those till now, but I, I do kind of remember that. There, I guess it lasted well beyond 1943, but that would have been in the late 50s, early 60s. I didn't know what they meant, but you couldn't help but notice. Today in 1948, the, a 200-inch reflecting telescope was mounted and uh, installed and, and dedicated at Palomar Mountain Observatory in California. It was the biggest, most powerful telescope in history at the time. Today, in 1965, astronaut Edward White, he became the first American to walk in space during the flight of Gemini 4. And today, in 2004, President George W. Bush announced the resignation of CIA Director George Tenet. It was uh, during a controversy over the intelligent lapses about suspected weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and the September 11 terrorist attacks. We won't go into that, but you probably remember that. That became a, a big deal. President Bush based his attack on Iraq on the fact that they had weapons of mass destruction. Later on, it was proven by the left that they didn't. Many people still believe. I don't know what I believe or not. I think they might have had them, and they might have like been able to remove them or something. I'm not sure, but I, I was following that as many of you were back in those days. But anyway, uh, CIA Director George Tenet, he's the guy that took the hit. And um, 
he was allowed to resign, the option was to get fired. Ten years ago today, Dr. Jack Kevorkian, he died at a Michigan hospital. He was 83 years old. I don't know if anyone helped him die or not, but you know that was his career as a medical doctor, helping people die. As I saw that, I also noticed that actor James Arness, he was 88 years old. He died 10 years ago today in Brentwood, California. James Arness, you know who he is. He was Matt Dillon on, on Gunsmoke. I used to watch Gunsmoke a long time ago. It's still on some of the cable channels. In fact, I watched part of one of those um, episodes just the other day. I was alone. Marjorie wasn't with me, and I thought, man, this is my chance. And I saw Gunsmoke on there. So <clears throat> I clicked it on and watched it for a little while. It was kind of fun. Boy, those were simple times, weren't they? Things have sure changed, I'll tell you. But the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And the prophet Nahum says, he knoweth them that trust in him. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Paul said, yeah, all these things are going on in our culture. That was quite a while ago when he wrote that. And he wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so we could read it today and know that it's for us. Because God's word is eternally for his people. It will not pass away. Persecuted? Yeah, but not forsaken. Cast down? Yeah, but not destroyed. The psalmist said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies and thy right hand shall save me. Jesus knew all that because he is God. He said, let, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That's the most important thing I have to say to you today. Trust the Lord with all your heart. But we need to be informed, and that's why we do what we're doing on this program every day. We talk about what's going on in the news as we speak. A couple of professors were featured on a recent panel hosted by the University of Virginia. I'm going to talk about China in a moment, but let me just touch on this. The evangelical Christians, they said, on this panel at the University of Virginia a school that Thomas Jefferson actually started, not far from where he lived. These professors, University of Pennsylvania, from University of Virginia, elsewhere, they said that white evangelicals are part and parcel of the reason that we cannot move forward in this country because they say they have religious beliefs. In other words, they're questioning the fact that we even have religious beliefs. It would be one thing if these professors, and this was fairly well publicized, it would be one thing if these professors believed that themselves and were on a self-destructive path for their own lives. They have that choice. But it's quite another thing when they're influencing hundreds, if not thousands, of young, impressionable minds whose parents are paying somewhere between thirty and $60,000 a year for them to go to the college, maybe more. But that's what's happening in our country. 
this butler, this Professor Butler, she said, because they're being selfish and because they don't care, talking about white evangelicals, their racism, their sexism, their homophobia, their lack of belief in science, their lack of belief in common sense may end up killing us all. The panel that they were speaking on was titled White Evangelical Racism, the Politics of Morality in America. She claimed that evangelicals are even willing to die for their whiteness. No, actually, we're not. If I were able to speak to her, I would tell her, we're not at all willing to die for our whiteness. We're willing to die for our country. We just celebrated that a few days ago on Memorial Day. But more so, we're willing to die for our faith in Jesus Christ, who was crucified and raised from the dead. Yes, we are willing to die for that, and many have. They're called martyrs. There's a book of them, Fox's Books of, of Martyrs. And there's thousands of people who have laid down their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. Yeah, they got this part right, but they're dead wrong on so much of it. One of the professors said it's not just about health care or guns or anything else. They're just willing to die to be white. They're saying that to an evangelical community who has sent more missionaries, more social help, more food and medicine and other kinds of help and drilled more wells for water and preached the gospel to more people so they could be saved from hell, eternal hell, than any other group on the face of the earth. But they don't care. It isn't even about white evangelicals. It's about a power base for themselves. This University of Virginia professor, Lycra or Lyceria, I'm not sure how to pronounce her first name, Hawkins, Professor Hawkins, she chimed in. She claimed that the lost cause of the Confederacy is alive and well among evangelical Christians today. She said that's what they represent. No, we don't. We represent a risen Jesus Christ. She said, I... I think that a strong and compelling argument can be made that it's not just a lost cause. It's a narrative that still animates white evangelical Christianity wherever it exists. She's talking about she's talking about racism. She's talking about confederacy, whether it's on the West Coast, in the South. She said, I lived in Chicago for 10 years and I came away telling my friends upon reflection, the Midwest is confederate. In fact, America is confederate. So deeply does white evangelicalism religion penetrate the ethos and mythos of the United States. She argued that evangelical Christians are white supremacists. She said it's even wrong for them to be entrepreneurial and patriotic. She needs to be locked up in a cage, but she isn't. She's influencing your children, or collectively, our children. Thank God I don't have any there at that school. One of the things she said, I hope that we can discuss more is this sense that American entrepreneurialism is woven through white evangelicalism, which is Americanism, which is patriotism. Anybody that tips their hat to the flag or says the Pledge of Allegiance, they're all of the above. They're horrible people. And it's all interconnected. Intersectional, as they like to say, the progressives. Oh, boy. There's more, but that's enough of that. I'll tell you, the, I, I, mean, I believe in the freedom of speech, and I'm going to talk about how our freedom of speech is being manipulated by China. I think we need to know this. 
is one of the lead stories in the news today, and um, it'll continue because there's a there's a thread of truth through what is being said about China in a very um, in, in a very thoughtful way and forceful way. They're not attacking us with their bombs and their boats yet, but they're certainly attacking our freedom of speech, and it's come about through a very um, unusual way. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning and bring you up to date on what's happening as lately as last night and this morning, what's being said about this and what is being revealed about all of this, this kind of a free speech attack on America. At least that's the way I see it. I wanted to take just a moment today to thank you for your support. All of you who do support this ministry, we have no other source of uh, funding. That's how we are here every day. We turn on the microphone because you support us. And I want to thank you for that. I can't, words are not adequate for me to express my deepest appreciation. I believe very deeply that God has called me to this at this point in my life. I believe this is what he wants me to do. And we're doing it with all our heart and our energy. And those of you who are standing with us are doing so, some of you very generously, and but all of you doing what you can do or what you feel the Lord should do. And I want to thank you for it. However, this last month we ran, we did not meet our budget. And so I'm not like, concerned, but I I will get concerned if we don't catch up here real soon. So just be aware, if you forgot to support us, if you're a regular supporter, you forgot, this is a reminder uh, with deep appreciation. If you don't support us, maybe you could think about it or pray about it because we need your support. We do. And maybe you've just started listening to this program. But what we do, we look at what's happening in the culture today as we speak through the lens of God's word. And that is what I think is most important. And I know many of you, most of you agree with me on that. Some of you don't. You listen to this program anyway. And I I respect that. But those of you who support this ministry, I know that you agree with me on that. Everything has got to be filtered through a biblical worldview, not a secular progressive worldview. That's a path of destruction. So thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. There's a lot of faith and freedoms out there today. There weren't when we started our website, but there are today. So be sure you get faithandfreedom, A-N-D, freedom.us. You'll see Faith and Freedom come up. You'll see Gary Randall Ministries right underneath that. So that identifies us from all the others that have emerged over the last number of years. Thank you so much for standing with us financially. On Tuesday's broadcast of Fox News Radio across America, Senator Marco Rubio, most of us know him. He's run for president and he's pretty visible, pretty conservative guy. Good guy, I think. But. He's a Republican from Florida. He said that the social media companies cracking down on the promotion of the lab leak theory having to do with this COVID-19 on the origin uh, on the origin of the Chinese controlling what Americans can say and that China, China controlling American speech, he said, is already underway. He said it isn't an effort to do so. It's happening. His comments caught my attention for sure. I want to talk to you 
about some of what's happening. A look behind the scenes brings clarity to what is already in plain sight. We know there's something going on there with this China thing and Wuhan. They don't want us to say the word Wuhan. And a lot of people just miss, dismiss it and they say, oh, who cares? Call it whatever. Call it COVID-19, whatever. But there's been such a massive effort inside of our, our government and inside of the medical field even to say, no, 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 you can't call this Wuhan. And yet we've always identified these viruses from the place that they were discovered or brought forward. Whether well, it was Ebola in, in Africa, the, the Ebola River, or Zika, or Lyme disease, the deer thing, that came from Old Lyme, Connecticut. I mean, that's, that's a town. That's where they first discovered it. Nobody has had a problem with that. But now, China is, is a roaring lion against anybody or anything, and so is its allies, that even suggests the name Wuhan related to a virus. They say it's racist and xenophobic. So this caught my attention. Well, Rubio was on this uh, radio program, this Fox radio, Fox Across America. And uh, this host, Jimmy uh, Fallon, he said, uh, when you saw things like crackdowns on social media over whether or not we could discuss this Wuhan lab theory, in essence, he said, is this not the Chinese government controlling what we can and can't say in this country? From afar, Rubio replies on the radio program. He said, yeah, absolutely, it is. He said, that's a narrative they continue to push now. He said, I think it's already happening. You can't, um, he said, I'm quoting him exactly, there isn't a single movie studio in Hollywood that can produce a Chinese movie. I mean, a movie with the Chinese communist government as the bad guy in it, because it won't be distributed in China. Now, end of quote. He, He said that because... China has become the number two quickly overtaking America consumer of movies. And so Disney and and all these guys that make movies are really bowing to China. And in doing so, they're influencing our country. We learned last year just how subservient the NBA, the National Basketball Association, is to the Chinese Communist government. Even American pro basketball players were singing the praises of the Chinese Communist Government Party, saying, well, they have a right, LeBron James and all these guys. They need to be kind of declassified for a while, take away their multi-million dollar contract, and let them play in a foreign country basketball. I've heard these guys tell their stories. They don't get paid much. These guys are willing to take the benefits of America and this nation and what it is and yet they're willing to stand up and demean it and mock it in some cases, particularly when the Star-Spangled Banner is presented, the national anthem, at a game somewhere. But over the past several U.S. presidential administrations, more and more manufacturing has gone to China. They make practically everything we buy, from pills to toys. I think most of us know that. Donald Trump was a major interruption to all of that. But we know how that ended. I'm not saying China defeated him in the election. Don't read that into what I'm saying. I'm simply saying the election had irregularities. But is China really controlling our speech? I want to take a closer look at that. Newsweek magazine, they wanted to jump on the bandwagon. So this week they noted that although some initially believed that COVID-19 could have been engineered and leaked from the lab, we now know the truth. Because 
because Newsweek says, who investigated World Health Organization? Yeah, right. Last night, Tucker Carlson made news. He may get sued over this. And for those of you who would like to sue me, these are not my words. I'm quoting Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Tucker Carlson said that this this is a couple of minutes long, so bear with me. It's a longer quote than I usually use, but I I just I need to say it in his words. I I know you understand. So stay with me. It's a couple of minutes. Tucker Carlson said last night on Fox News, I quote him. The utter fraudulence of Tony Fauci is obviously now, and it's widely acknowledged, but it was not always obvious. In March of last year, we interviewed Fauci on this show. We treated him with respect. We took his answer seriously. We're Americans, so we assume the man in charge of protecting the U.S. from COVID must be rational and impressive. We also assume that he must be honest, but we were wrong. It soon became clear that Tony Fauci was just another sleazy government bureaucrat, deeply political and often dishonest. More shocking than that, we learned that Fauci himself was implicated in the very pandemic he had been charged with fighting. Fauci supported the grotesque and dangerous experiments that appeared to have made COVID possible. We came to those conclusions incrementally, spurring for evidence that accumulated over the course of a year. Tonight, Tucker Carlson said, we have the mother load. Thanks to a Freedom of Information request from BuzzFeed, we have thousands of emails to and from Anthony Fauci. They go back to the early winter of 2020. Collectively, they show that from the beginning, Tony Fauci was worried that the public might conclude that COVID had originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, why would Tony Fauci be concerned that Americans would conclude that? Possibly because Tony Fauci knew perfectly well that he'd funded gain-of-function experiments at that very same laboratory. Emails prove that Fauci lied about this under oath, Tucker Carlson says. Consider this exchange, which began the evening of January 31, 2020. It was a Friday night just before midnight. The first email came from an immunologist called Christian Anderson, who works at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla, California. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. Back to quoting Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Anderson warned Fauci that COVID appeared to have been possibly manipulated in a laboratory. Quote, the usual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome, less than 0.1%. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. The next day, Carlson says, on February 1st, and that is true because I also have studied these emails, Tony Fauci wrote back, thanks, Christian. Talk soon on the call. Fauci then sent an urgent email to his deputy, a man called Hugh, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce this word, uh, Eklund Gloss or something like that. But anyway, the subject of the email in all caps was important. Hugh, is it an essential that we, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this a.m. this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well, the email that I will forward. You have tasks today that must be done. Attached to that email was a document. It was titled, entitled, quote, Barrick, She, S-H-E, Eltal, Natural Medicine, SARS, Gain of Function, PDF. 
Now, the Barrick in the attachment referred to Ralph Barrick, a virologist based in the U.S. who cooperated with the Wuhan Institute for Virology. Barrick worked with a woman called Dr. Xi, known as the Bat Lady because she manipulates coronaviruses that infect bats. She was the Xi in the attachment. Now, Tucker Carlson says, keep in mind that during the questioning from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky fairly recently, Tony Fauci denied that this same Ralph Barrick had conducted gain-of-function research. Again, this is the Ralph Barrick in Fauci's attachment, which was entitled Barrick, She, et al., SARS, Gain-of-Function, PDF. And yet under oath before the United States Congress, Fauci denied this. Now, Tucker Carlson said a lot more than that, but that is the part I wanted to share with you because it makes the point of what I have said today. And I wrote an article on this. It was published early this morning. In the end, Newsweek agrees with China. They say, although the evidence shows that the SARS-CoV-2 is not a purposefully manipulated virus, it is currently impossible to prove or disprove the other theories of its origin. Quoting trusted scientists from China, Newsweek concludes, we do not believe that any type of laboratory-based scenario is plausible. This is exactly what Joe Biden, President Joe Biden said when he announced that he was canceling the investigation into China. Then later, this was this week, later announced he was having his own, not Donald Trump's investigation, but his own investigation, but he concluded his statement, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because, just for the sake of time, but he concluded his statement by saying, but there is no evidence that it was, or it originated from the lab in Wuhan. So why did the man responsible for steering the U.S. government funding to the Wuhan Institution of Virology thank Dr. Fauci for publicly dismissing the theory? That was in one of the emails. This person, this Christian Anderson that Tucker Carlson was talking about, is also, and Carlson didn't mention that, but it's in the context of, of all of these email. He thanked him for standing up, for standing up and telling the truth, <laughs> quote unquote, I would say, telling the truth about the Wuhan virus. So why would this man who's responsible for steering the U.S. government funding publicly dismiss the theory that the coronavirus may have leaked from the lab. This Peter Dosick, he's president of the EcoHealth Alliance, he sent Fauci an email thanking him, again, for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin of COVID-19 from bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now keep in mind that this EcoHealth is the middleman, and Fauci's organization, he's admitted that, sent money, hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars, to EcoHealth. They turned right around and sent it to the Wuhan lab. Fauci has said publicly, I don't know if it was under oath or not, it could have been, that he said, we have not funded our organization that he heads up, we have not funded this gain-of-function kind of um, research at Wuhan Laboratory. Okay, so he didn't. He gave the money to EcoHealth so they could give the money to them, to Wuhan, to research gain of function. This is really 
I mean, it really gets bothersome the more you look into this. We'll continue tomorrow.